With your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Oh, Lord. All this crazy number talk once again. Lord knows where this rabbit is going to go down the hole and run to from here. I'm looking forward to getting to all things crazy. Before we get started with all this discussion today, let's take a minute to talk to our friends from the Shout It Out Loudcast, Tom and Zeus, about a huge or shall I say a tiny weekend that they actually had. Hey, Zeus. I heard you had an eventful weekend. We did our first KISS member. And how did that work out for you? I went deeper and deeper. Wow, Tommy, were you there for all this excitement? Pull the pin of my love grenade. That's some crazy talk from you guys. You really like KISS a lot. What else do you guys talk about? You know, we always talk about our polls. (laughs) All right, that's enough of that. Let's get on with the rest of the show. I would suggest that uh, the listeners hit pause right now. Maybe go get whiskey because uh, this numbers will make a lot more sense to you afterwards. Nothing is finer but a little bit of whiner to go along with my night. So, listen, I don't know what you think, but the number 23, which was a movie with Jim Carrey. When I found out what her name was, that added up too. Maybe it was just a coincidence. I mean... A name is just a name, and a number is just a number. Isn't it? Walter Sparrow doesn't work. If I use my middle name... Walter. 51197. Isn't that amazing? What? It's all 23. My birthday, 23. Driver's license, social security number, everything. I was born at 11, 12 p.m. 11 plus 12. It's like it's 18 in my life. Why did you choose this color? I don't know. You tell me. Red number 5. R-E-D is 27, plus 5 is 32, which is... You're reaching now. <laughs> sure, there are differences. Adrian's a detective. I'm a dog catcher. He met Fabrizio when he was 32, whereas I met you when I was... 23. And the day we met was? September 14th. 9-14. 14 plus 9 is? 23. We married October 13th. 10-13. 23. Suicide bomb said it ruled her world. She killed because of it. Then she handed it on to Fingerling on his 32nd birthday. 23 reversed. Fingerling called it fate. Do you know what fate is? 32. I rest my case, Your Honor. Honey, I think you're taking this wait, too wait, seriously. Wait, wait, wait. We live at 1814. I mean, 18 is 1 plus 8, which equals 9. And 9 plus 14 is also 23. 14 is 1 plus 4, which equals 5. And 5 plus 18 is 23, too. Oh, my God. All right, Robin, please, don't you start this nonsense. This is not nonsense. I, I mean, 5 plus 18 is 23. Well, if the book were 27 or 150, do the same thing. 18 plus 14 is 32. 23 reversed. <sighs> Spooky, huh? 
I think this movie actually sort of mirrors your life, Hollywood, because the more I get to know you, the more crazy and ridiculous you are about these numbers. And when I came up with the overall idea of this episode, and mind you, it was just sort of a shell of an idea, I threw it over to you and it was like a fat kid with a Sunday riding a bike on a hot summer day. You were so excited and you took it and you ran. And then I didn't hear from you for about another two weeks. And then I went over to your house and there were all these drawings on the windows and the shades and the chalkboards and all this shit. I mean, are you okay, dude? Uh, yeah, I hid the drawings I had that had the string with the little thumbtacks going from one to another and connecting weird things. Like my conspiracy theories of this entire planet all comes through numbers that connect. So, so 666, Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden is more than just a song? Uh, it's more than a song. There was actually an album released on that date we're going to talk about. <laughs> all right. For God's sakes, let's get into this thing. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to kind of wet your whistle a little bit, just t talk a little bit about some numbers that connect, just to get you kind of used to what we're talking about. Then we're going to get a little crazier and crazier as the episode goes on. So let's talk birthdays first. So Ross Valerie, your buddy from Journey, his birthday's on 2-2, February 2nd. Steve Vai, one of my favorite guitarists of all time, birthday's on 6-6, very interesting. Jim Patrick, remember that guy from Survivor? Yep. Birthday's on 11-11. Sinister Gates, guitarist for Event Sevenfold. Now, this is where it starts getting a little crazy, right? His birthday's on 7-7. Seven, seven. And remember, Event Sevenfold has a 7 in it. And not only does it have the word 7 in it, but sometimes they're called A7X. That's a little weird. Let's go to album releases. Did you know that Great White's 12th album was released on 2012? Did you know that Def Leppard's ninth album on Mercury was released in 1999? Godsmack's third album was released in 2003. You're going to love this. Human Zoo by Goddard was released on March 3rd of 2003, which makes that date 3-3-3. And your buddies from Cheap Trick, they had an album called Rockford, and it was released on June 6th of 2006, which makes that date. Six, six, six. Is that crazy? That's crazy. What's the ninth Death Leopard record? Uh, I don't know. It was released on Mercury. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was in 1999. Look it up. You got Google Smoogle. <laughs> you can't tell me I got guess what that is? <laughs> well, I got to look it up now. Fuck, I got to do everything. God, just for you to spurt off uh, Def Leopard's ninth album, you didn't think I was going to want to know what that was? No, nah, I figured you'd look it up. But you know what? I'm going to look it up on Google Smoogle for you because I'm that kind of a guy. Too late. You got to remember that uh, their first couple albums weren't on Mercury, Euphoria. Get that. Euphoria was released on 1999. That's interesting. Okay. We're going to get to some crazy numbers. You know what? Let's start with the Crank It Up Spotlight. Crank It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. For the Crank It Up Spotlight, we're going to go with a band called Last in Line. You've seen them live, right? 
I have not seen Last in Line live, but I do like that first record. Oh, okay. I didn't know you hadn't seen them live. So today, the band is Vinnie Apice or Peace, depending on who you're talking to, I guess, who's on drums. How many times do I have to explain this to people? Because I hear people say this all the time. And if you've ever read Carmine Apice's book, it's Carmine is Carmine Apice, Vinnie is Vinnie Apice, and Apice is actually their name. It's Carmine, I think, that decided to change the pronunciation of his name when he was somewhere around the vanilla fudge days. But Carmine says it's Apice. He just pronounces it a piece because he wanted to separate himself. That's the story because, I mean, I hear people say all the time, uh, Apice or a piece, depending on who you believe. Well, that's what's in his book. So there you go. So that makes it right. I got a bunch of books over here that wrote shit that wasn't right. I'm just telling you, it's his biography. He's the one that wrote it, and that's what he says. Still doesn't make it right. <laughs> so just for that, I'm going to call it Vinny a piece on this whole episode. <laughs> you do listen. You do you, boo. Okay. <laughs> so the current members: Vinny a piece on drums, Vivian Campbell and guitar, Andrew Freeman lead vocals. Phil Susan on bass. So check this out. All of these have a connection with the number two. So they were founded in 2012, right? Which has got two twos in it. Notice all of the band members have a letter that repeats twice. So Vinny has it happen twice. He has a N, a N, and a PP. Vivian Campbell has two L's that repeat. Andrew Freeman has two E's right next to each other. And Phil Susan has two S's right next to each other. They just released their second album. This year, it was released on February 22nd, which makes it 222, and the album's called to, and the second actual song, because I'm taking that stupid musical interlude intro out, is called Landslide.
Also on that release date was the Monsters of Rock Cruise 2019. Oh, that's right. I didn't. I forgot about that. I, you know what? I didn't like the uh, second Last in Line record. Now, to be fair, I haven't really spent a ton of time with it. I just wasn't excited about it. I liked the first one much better, but that's just me. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was okay, but I get what you're saying. I totally understand. Okay, so let's talk some numbers on some random songs. All right, this is where it gets a little more complicated, right? So hopefully you got your whiskey flowing now. So when I say studio song, just for example, what I mean by that is that is a studio song released at an X amount of time. So it's actually on a studio record, not a live record, if that makes sense, right? So Y&T's 90th studio song was on their ninth album, which was released in 1990. But on an album called 10... Because Y&T counted Open Fire as one of the recordings when they recorded 10. That song's called Red Hot and Ready, by the way. So their 90th song is on their ninth actual album that was released in 90. By the way, their 95th studio song was released in 1995. And it was called Don't Know What to Do. Is that crazy? So, so let me see if I got this right, because I just want to understand. So the 90th studio song means, and I'm just going to say, so they put out uh, eight albums with 10 songs. That would be 80 tracks, and you go in order that the tracks are like 1 to 10. Is that kind of what we're saying? Exactly. Okay. I just want to make sure I understood. And so, Yeah, because you're the one who would get confused, so I'm glad you understand. Yeah, you know me. I like to stick with it because uh, I'm easily confused, and that's the way I hang my hat. So, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the next one, random song, Bad Company. So, Bad Company's eighth studio album had their 88th studio song, and it was released in 1988. song was called Love Attack, by the way. Their 90th studio song was on their ninth studio album, which was released in 1990. And since that album was released on June 12th, guess what? Six plus one plus two also equals nine. And that song is called Holy Water, which is nine letters. And it's uh, holy, so uh, there might be some sort of religious uh, reference to that. Yeah, my, my guess is they had no clue all that stuff connected. <laughs> I guarantee you that. <laughs> I'm the only one stupid enough to do that. Your buddies in Van Halen, 12th studio album, which was a different kind of truth. Smartass was released in 2012. The 12th track was called Big River, sang by David Lee Roth. Guess what? 12 letters. Performed by David Lee Roth, Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, Wolfgang Van Halen, which, guess what, is exactly 12 words. That's crazy. Crazy that you got that much goddamn time on your hands. Oh, wait till the next one. Eric Martin, his 10th professional studio album was with Mr. Big, so he had some solo albums before he joined Mr. Big. That album, that 10th professional studio album, was called Actual Size, which is 10 letters. Eric Martin's name is also 10 letters. His birthday's on 10-10. By the way, the 10th song on that album was called Cheap Little Thrill, just in case you were wondering. So you kind of get the idea of the numbers thing, because now we're going to go into the main topic. You ready? Jesus, that wasn't the main topic? That wasn't the main topic. (laughs) There's more? There's more. All right, let's roll. All right, so let's start with getting your thoughts on Black Sabbath, them retiring. Give me your thoughts on Bill Ward, him not maybe playing that last tour. What's your thoughts on all that? Black Sabbath is full of all kinds of numbers, but 
Black Sabbath, good for them in hanging it up when they needed to hang it up. I wasn't a particular fan of that last album, which, by the way, was 13 and who knows, probably had 13 tracks and was released in 2013 and written by some dude that had 13 letters in his name. I don't know. But (laughs) what I will tell you is I wish they could have worked it out with Bill Ward and it would have been the original lineup for that last tour, but it didn't work out that way. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Black Sabbath fan. I'm the one that sort of tends to gravitate more towards the Dio Sabbath simply because of the production and those songs are a little bit heavier and more up my alley, whereas the Ozzy songs, as classic as they are and as much as I love them, are a little bit grungier and, um, you know, I don't know if grungier is the right word, but a little bit uh, stonery uh, rock. Stonery is not a word either. Yeah, you know, so I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's just a different feel altogether. Now, I love a lot of the Black Sabbath stuff, and I love a lot of the stuff that's deeper on some of those records, including uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. So uh, I have a feeling we're going to talk about that. So follow the number five here while we're talking. So Black Sabbath's formerly known as Earth, which is five letters. Black Sabbath's fifth album was Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. And the fifth song was Killing Yourself to Live which, by the way, is 5 minutes and 41 seconds long, which there's a 5 and 541, and the 41, 4 plus 1, also equals 5. A band called Anal Cunt, that's what the band is called, I I didn't name them, covered this song on a compilation called Masters of Misery, the Earache Tribute to Black Sabbath. And their version of Killing Yourself to Live, which is the fifth song on the fifth album, was also the fifth song on that release. By the way, the fifth studio song ever released on a Black Sabbath album was called Evil Woman, and it was three minutes and 25 seconds, which three plus two equals five. Also, Bill Ward's birthday, 5-5. Five, five. So here's a fifth song from Black Sabbath's fifth original album called Killing Yourself to Live.
that's the perfect example of a deep track that I love off those records, that kind of shit. That's great Sabbath to me. Yeah, Sabbath's hit, hit and miss for me. I, I like all the singers, actually. I enjoy a little bit of Sabbath from uh, all the different vocalists. And I'm not in love with a lot of the deep tracks because they get a little weird. But I like all the mainstream stuff, I guess. But that song was pretty good. Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules are almost two perfect records for me. So for our second song, give me your thoughts on bands that do cover songs that maybe aren't exactly, like the band isn't exactly known for their musicianship, but then they go and do cover songs. You think that's okay? <laughs> like a Poison. Poison doing cover songs. Is that okay? It depends on how it comes out. I'm not a huge fan of a cover song anyway, but sometimes that bands, you know, every once in a while bands can add to something and make it new and exciting. And when that's done, I think it's awesome. But we've done a covers version on this podcast before, and I'm sure we'll probably revisit it again. But so what's your point? <laughs> well, my point is that Poison album is called Poisoned. It's an interesting covers record. I mean, they do... A sweet song, Alice Cooper song, the Romantics. They do a car song, a Kiss song. They do a Justin Timberlake song. Like it's it's interesting. That's I, I guess like all I can say is it's interesting. You should check it out. I guess. But to talk about Poison, follow the number seven here. Poison has had seven official members, seven official studio albums, and their seventh studio album, Poisoned, was released in 2007. The seventh song on that album was written by Mick Jagger, whose birthday is in July, which is the seventh month of the year, and by Keith Richards, who, by the way, both Mick and Keith turned 77 next year. The original version of the song was released in 1971 on Sticky Fingers. 1971 has a seven in it, and if you take the two ones and subtract it from nine, guess what? That's also seven. The Sticky Fingers version was four minutes and three seconds long, which four plus three also equals seven. So there's sevens all around this tune. Check out Dead Flowers. But when you're sitting there in your silk upholstered chair talking to some rich folk that you know Well, I hope you won't see me in my ragged company Hell, you know I could never be alone Oh, no Take me down, little Susie Take me down Queen of the 
got a rock and roll story to tell and we want to hear yours so go to our website at growinguprock.com that's one word g r o w i n u p r o c k.com or visit us on our facebook page at growing up rock and tell us all about it yeah so lucky number 7 i would say both those bands have had a whole hell of a lot of luck <laughs> in their careers cuz they've both done very very well so good for them lucky number 7 Stones are still going. Can you believe that Mick and Keith are going to be 77 next year? That's uh, fucking crazy, man. I wonder if they'll hit 80 and still be able to play a show. I would be impressed by <laughs> I would seriously be impressed by that. I would love to see the Stones at some point. Time is really, really ticking on that, but I, I seriously would love to see them one time. Yeah, I've never seen them live. Uh, I don't know. I like some of the songs, but they're more hit and miss to me than Sabbath is because some of their songs get really weird. Put it this way, I think in concert, you're going to get the hits, which would benefit us. So there's a majority of Stone shit that I like, and I like the straight up rock shit from the Stones, and I think that I would get plenty of that. I wouldn't fear going to see them live. Give me your thoughts on Europe, new Europe versus the old style Europe. Do you like the kind of heavier, darker sound they are now versus the final countdown Europe? When was the last time you saw Europe? Have you ever seen Europe? Well, let's see. I've been to Europe several times. Uh, Germany, uh, England, uh, Belgium, Switzerland. This is not a geography podcast, dude. Oh, you're talking about actually Europe, the band. Yeah, the band. (laughs) You know, the one named after the Deep Purple record. Oh, the final countdown guys. (laughs) Yeah, the Geico commercial guys. Yeah, those guys. Geico commercial guys. Uh, I've never seen Europe live. Although it's funny you bring them up because I have watched a couple of YouTube videos lately because uh, one was they bought out the guy from Thin Lizzy and did a cover of Jailbreak that I thought was really good. And then they did something else. They bought out somebody else and did a cover of something that I thought was awesome as well. Anyway, uh, that seems to be their thing is bringing out guest uh, stars to do a cover of whoever that guest star is from because I found all kinds of those on YouTube. I don't have the last record, but I have War of Kings, which was the one right before it. And I really enjoyed War of Kings. I've got a few other Europe records I like quite a bit. What's the Prisoner in Paradise? That's one of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got that record as well. I wasn't a huge fan of the Final Countdown just because I really dislike that particular tune. And it burned me out. I do like some stuff like Cherokee and... I think there's a couple other songs on that record that I like. I know it's almost a desert island or it is a desert island record for you, but I throw up when I hear that song carry, so that's not good. Yeah, it's really two different bands. You know, the the Europe that was in the 80s and early 90s is really not the same Europe. It's still great music, great musicianship. It's not as big background vocally as it used to be. And Tempest doesn't sing in the same register he used to, but it's still good music. There's no doubt about that. 
Um, I saw Europe on the 2015 Monsters of Rock cruise, and they were awesome. But for this one, follow the number nine. Europe has had nine official members. They were founded in 1979. They went on a hiatus from 92 to 03. They did one one-off show in 1999. The album Last Look at Eden was released on September 9th, 2009, which makes it 999. The ninth song off that album is three minutes and 51 seconds long, which adds up to nine. And that ninth song was the only song written by Joey Tempest and John Norum, which John Norum is exactly nine letters. Similar to the Grammys, European countries have similar type of award shows. How many times has Europe been nominated for an award? Nine times. How many times did they win? Nine times. The only thing missing really is that this song isn't called Only Nine Lives, because here's the ninth song from Last Look at Eden, released on 999, and it's called Only Young Twice.
So, so they were nominated nine times and won nine times? That's right. Damn, that's a pretty impressive streak. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, it is. I didn't realize they had best hair in rock and roll at one point in time. Joey Tempest won that, I'm guessing. <laughs> or or the cutest guy or the guy only uh, willing to wear white or whatever. I mean, you know... I, I love I love the final countdown. I absolutely love that record. I it is Desert Island for me. Yes, the final countdown has gotten old, but for me it was reinvigorated because the girls learned how to play it on piano. And then it was like, oh my God, like a song that I was totally burnt on has new life because, you know, my daughter's on piano learning how to play it. Like that it's just a whole different feeling. So uh, okay. All right, well, I followed number nine, number nine, number nine. All right, let's go to Skid Row. So give me your thoughts on, is Sebastian ever going to rejoin? What version of Skid Row have you seen? And your overall thought on the Skid Row of today. I've seen all versions of Skid Row except for the Tony Harnell version. Sebastian's never going to be back in that band ever. I don't see it happening. I just... It would have happened by now for sure. They've they've had money thrown at them and they've had good size money thrown at them and it hasn't happened. They have no desire. They're having too much fun. They've made money. They're making money. They don't need him. So that's the end of that. Let it go, people. It's not going to happen. Listen to your records. Be happy with that. And uh, hopefully this new record that they're going to release next year with ZP will be good. And we'll go from there. And I think, didn't Rachel just get get uh, nominated to the Rock Gods Hall of Fame too? Uh, not nominated, but inducted into the Rock Gods Hall of Fame along with Richie Zito and uh, our friend over there at Cobras and Fire. Baco did an excellent interview, which you can go check out on their show. I uh, did an interview with Rachel Bolin. And yeah, I mean, R- Rachel basically just said everything that I already told you. So good for them. Okay, so this one, we're going to follow the number 16, and we're actually going to play a song we've played before, but the number thing was too cool not to play it again, and uh, it's a great song, so so what? All right, so Skid Row has officially had 16 members. Their 16th studio song ever released was Psycho Love. That song is 3 minutes and 58 seconds long, which 3 plus 5 plus 8 is 16. It's solely written by Rachel which if you add Rachel plus Cycle plus Love, that's 16 letters. Rachel's real last name, if you don't know it, is Southworth, which Rachel Southworth is 16 letters. Rachel founded Skid Row with Dave the Snake Sabo. Dave the Snake Sabo equals 16 letters. The Japanese release of Slave to the Grind, which has Cycle Love on it, had four extra tracks, Beggar's Day, Holiday in the Sun, which is a Sex Pistols cover, Get the Fuck Out, which is a live version, Delivering the Goods, which is a Priest cover, which is also live. Since Slave to the Grind originally had 12 songs, these four extra equaled 16. And of course, this album was a super hit all over the world and got to number 16 at its peak in a country called Austria. By the way, the new singer ZP joined in 2016. So here is Psycho Love.
Yeah, that's a record that never gets old to me. That's a great record. I mean, it definitely is grittier than the first record. And I actually enjoy the first record a little bit more, but man, there's some songs on that second record that just kill. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me hearing you say you enjoy the first record a little bit more. It's a little bit more up your alley in terms of melodic. And I'll use the word poppy, but I use it much, much lightly, much more lighter than what it's meant to be used at. Just some of those songs are a little bit more melodic and poppier. And uh, I love both those records so much. So it doesn't matter. They're, uh, They're actually, I would consider both those records near damn perfect records for me. Okay, for our fifth choice, let's go to the lovely Striper. I know you love Striper. Were you happy the way our uh, Striper episode came out? I thought it came out pretty good. I thought it came out good. It was a good time. We had fun doing that live. It was definitely an interesting take on it. And uh, sounds like things are shaping up for Rockin' Pod 4, putting the final touches on dates and venues and stuff for that. So it sounds like that's for sure going to happen. And yeah, I love Striper. You know that. Yeah, we'll see Striper on Monsters of Rock. When was the last time you saw Striper, by the way? I saw Striper, is it this year or last year? I saw Striper on this tour, on uh, uh, Goddamn Evil tour. They came here twice, though. I saw them the first time on the Goddamn Evil tour, but then they came back through doing that sort of that covers type tour, but I didn't see that show. Was Oz at your show? Oz was at my show, yeah. That's cool. Uh, Hopefully Oz will be okay. I know he's going through some stuff, but uh, Oz is the man for sure. Okay, so since we're talking about Striper, you know, we have to pick the number seven, right? So follow seven on this. So just in case the listeners don't know, the number 777 has been a staple in the Christian belief. It stands for the threefold perfection of the Trinity, if you didn't know. I don't know if you need to know that. But did you realize that the name Striper is seven letters? They have an album called Seven Weeks Live in America. Their seventh all-inclusive release, and what I mean by that is studio, live, and compilations. Their seventh all-inclusive release was an album called Seven, The Best of Striper. Did you realize that Michael is seven letters long? He was born in July, which is the seventh month. Striper disbanded from 93 to 99, which is seven years long. Goddamn Evil topped out on the Billboard 200 charts at number 77. Perry Richardson's birthday is on 7-7. Their seventh studio album, Murder by Pride, was released in the seventh month of 2009, July. And get this, Robert Sweet didn't play drums because he lost the demo. And Michael said in an interview that I didn't have Robert play drums because it would take him over seven days to learn the tunes. So instead, they hired Kenny Aronoff, which Kenny's last name is exactly seven letters. So here is the seventh song off the seventh studio album by the 777 guys called Mercy Over Blame. Love saves a soul.
So if I recall correctly, uh, Murder by Pride did not fare very well in my Striper album rankings. That being said, that is one of the tunes I think that I cited in that that I actually did enjoy. That's a good tune. Overall, I don't necessarily love that record, but... How do you like that? Like Michael actually said, it'll take Robert over seven days to learn the tunes. Isn't that crazy? That's a lot of sevens. (laughs) It's funny. We're a little loose, but but definitely entertaining. Oh, come on, loose. What are you talking about? This is all real. (laughs) Sure. Okay. It's all real. Promise you. It would be, I know, I believe that that the stats that you're sharing are 100% real. That's not what I mean at all. Uh, What I mean is um, it would be real interesting if it was like when we're talking about dates, we're talking about, let's say, 12-12-2012, and sometimes you are, but the majority we're just talking about a month and a day, right? 7-7 or 9-9, or, or whatever. I mean, sometimes you're talking about years, too, right? Oh, yeah, but the, the numbers connect in all kinds of different ways. That's what's interesting about it. Because if you just look at dates, like, yes, there's people born on one 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 two 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 three three three, but there's nobody's born on 13-13-13. Yeah. Right? So you, you end up at, you limit yourself. And I'll tell you, I looked at tons of birthdays, and the birthdays I shared with you is really the only main musicians that have a birthday that has that kind of a uh, a number. And you're never going to get it to the year because, well, what musician was born on one 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 that we would know because they'd only be 18 years old. Well, check this out: twelve twelve twelve, December twelfth, two thousand twelve was the last date of its kind when all three numericals in a date are the same for the next 88 years. Did you already have this? Was Were you going to spew this stat later on? Well, no, but I mean, you could figure that out. Yeah. Oh, I can. I'm dumb. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, I'm, but anyway, I can read it. The next time this will happen is January 1st, 2101 or 111. That's interesting. Yeah, that's why there's a limit to it, right? That's why you have to go past just the date. Yeah. So talking getting past just the date, the next band we're going to talk about is pretty crazy. So tell me uh, the last time you saw the band Winger live. I know you saw Kip Winger a couple of times, but when was the last time you saw the full band? Um, The last time I saw the full band was at this place called Wild Bills, and I want to say probably maybe – Within the last five years, I probably saw that show. I don't remember exactly how long it's been, but uh, I remember that show pretty vividly because a friend of mine went with me, and I remember uh, it wasn't very crowded uh, because that place is really huge, and I just remember watching the show and saying, damn, these dudes are badass. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was one of the ones where – I had to actually stop because it was getting, it was getting conspiracy theory. Everything was getting a little creepy, to be honest. So I just had to stop. Uh, I could have went on for days on this one. So the number we're following here is six, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So Winger's had six official members, six official studio albums. Winger is six letters. Their sixth studio song ever released was State of Emergency on the first album. It was written by Kip Winger, Paul Taylor, which both of their last names have six letters. Kip was born in June, which is the sixth month of the year. Paul was born in June, which is the sixth month of the year. 
They were both born in the 60s, which is the sixth decade of the 1900s. Winger was born in Denver, which is also six letters. The singles from the first album were released in this order. Madeline with Higher Higher on the back, 17 with Hanging On as the B-side, and Headed for a Heartbreak with State of Emergency on the B-side, which makes it sixth. And of course, it's a six studio song on that album. Both Kip and Paul played with Alice Cooper. Cooper has six letters in his last name. Both Kip and Paul played on Raise Your Fist and Yell, where the first five songs on that album were written by Cooper and Kane Roberts, but the sixth song was written by Cooper and Winger. That song is called Prince of Darkness. It's five minutes, 10 seconds long, which five plus one plus zero equals six. Dude, I could have went, kept going, kept going, because Cooper had all kinds of connections. But I just stopped and said, you know what? Let's just listen to State of Emergency and get it over with.
All right, dude. So I pray that you keep those notes. And when we're on the Monsters of Rock cruise next year, you quarter Kip Winger somewhere at a bar and please start telling him all this shit. That'll make me laugh. That is a great idea. <laughs> and you know what I'll do is I'll have six poker chips with me and give them six poker chips. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. What a what a great conversation piece. That's a that's the best icebreaker I've ever heard when talking to Kip Winger in a bar. <laughs> So grown-ups of the week, these are the folks that shared us on Facebook and retweeted us on Twitter. We've got Carrie Morgan, EMZT Podcast and Productions, Ivan Galesick, Zayden Black, Steve Wright, Keith Rochford, Mike Parnell, Peter Cicery, Shout It Out Loudcast, Zeus, Stephanie Temples, Alan Tate, Save Rock and Metal, Jason Bluski, John Clark, David Hudson, Kevin Packard, David Cathy, Grayson Gallegos. Rodney Wayne Delcor, Retro Mixtape, Curtis Lancos, Nicole Beard, Chris James A., Jason Alexander, Steve Reno, Stan- Stanley Lives for You, Mark Winder 8, Tony Masala, Mark Arnold, Stacy Breuka, Brad Rustoven, Ages of Rock Podcast, Scott Gull, Mike Williams, Mr. Cole Thornton, Ogata, Bada Bing1968, love that Twitter handle, Potter Than Hell, Rick Friel, Bill Elam, Pantheon Podcast, Rodney Dixon, Digital Kill the Radio Star, Hopper, Daryl Albert, Jason Kearney, Brian Harris, Curtis Shaver, Steve Vargo, Gary Cap, Eladio, The Hook Rocks, Kalen Provo, I Love It Loudcast, Tammy N., and Tommy Gelati. And then I don't know if you saw on, uh, I think it was on, maybe it was on Facebook. No, I think it was on Twitter. Todd Herrick put up that he got his restraint CD. It was all signed and everything. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So thanks for sharing and for retweeting us. Yeah, very cool. I appreciate everybody doing that for us. It always helps us out. One way that we could really use everybody's help, we appreciate everybody that's gone to Podchaser and left us reviews and left us ratings, but it would really help us out if you guys went into Apple Podcast and left us a five-star review and why that's important to us. Apple Podcast is still probably the number one platform that people discover podcast on these days. And when you guys leave us a five-star reviews, the more reviews we get, the more five stars we get, the easier it is for people to discover us in Apple Podcast. Yeah, because of their algorithms, it moves us up into their ranking, whatever you want to call it, but it helps people discover us because it goes on to a whole bunch of Apple list. And uh, if you like this, listen to this, that type stuff. And it just helps us overall. So we haven't gotten an Apple review in quite some time. I know some people think it's complicated. It's really not. And it'll only take you a few minutes, but go on there. Tell us that you love the show. Tell us why. Uh, We'll make sure we read it on there, but that would help us out a lot if you guys could do that. And uh, Sonny, we got great news. On our website, there happens to be a contact form where people can kind of share their story with us, tell us their favorite episode. By God, we got something from a Russian bride who apparently has a whole lot of money. Her name is Liliana, and she said that she's a girl looking for a young man. Of course, I'm not young. 
neither are you anymore. Younger um, than you. Younger <laughs> than you. <laughs> but the good news is that she says she has an inheritance abroad and to avoid fraud, we should only communicate through her site. And she gave me a link to communicate with her. And so I'm very excited about that. I think our podcast is going to be fully funded for the next 15 to 20 years. I'm actually in the process of sending her a communication back. And I'm going to try to hook her up with uh, a Nigerian prince uh, that I got an email from the other day as well. You think that's a great idea or what? I think that's a great idea. We just need a cut. <laughs> what do you think our cut is going to be on that? Uh, 10% management fee, baby. <laughs> 10% and nothing is nothing. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's get into a few uh, nice emails that we got. Uh, that we need to share with people because we've gotten some really great stuff. We get email communications either through our Gmail account, which is growinguprock at gmail.com, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. And then we get stuff through the website itself. People go into the contact forms and leave us their stories and so on and so forth. I got one from Sandy Henderson, and I don't know whether Sandy is a girl or a guy. Sandy is one of those names that can be either. And Sandy said, uh, first of all, if you're reading this on the podcast, which, hey, we are, uh, everyone should be listening to these episodes via the website. I don't know if I agree with that. I personally like my podcast app, but okay, if you want to listen to it via the website, that's cool. There's some other stuff on the website. It's just easier, according to Sandy. Uh, now for the feedback for the episode, and the episode that Sandy's talking about is Hollywood's Wild Hair, Volume 4. Uh, Matt Smith, that's the guy from Theocracy, right? Yep. Uh, Matt Smith sounds like a cross between Michael Sweet and Rob Halford. Wow. Great job, Hollywood. Are you ever going to bring another friend on for one of your wild hairs? Uh, yeah, we have something in the can that I'm thinking will rear its head somewhere in December, I'm thinking. That sounds probably just about right. Uh, another comment from NinerFan16. Excellent party time, another Hollywood hair. Uh, there are seven of us at the house right now watching the 49ers game on mute and listening to the episode instead. Niners are winning, so easy to do. The Jagged Edge song was outstanding. <laughs> yeah, I think the Niners scored 51 points last week, so I can imagine they were probably pretty bored. <laughs> but, you know, seven of you listening to one time kind of screws us out of listen, so... uh yeah. Damn. Can, can you download seven times and each listen <laughs> yeah. at your own accord? Uh, Lift Me Up 1977. Did I hear Steven say he loves ballads? What the fuck? <laughs> yes, God you did. Damn it, Hollywood. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood, I should have never taught you to edit, you bastard. <laughs> I think it says, I love ballads. I really, really love ballads. <laughs> uh, how many times I got to tell you? Taken out of context. <laughs> now that I know how to edit, I can jam whatever words I feel like jamming together. <laughs> All right. So we got a really nice uh, email sent to us from 
Uh, and let me get this right uh, because she she phonetically spells it. Let me see where she phonetically spells it. A smart smart idea, by the way. Uh, oh, what's that? Phonetically spelling it? Yeah, uh, for you. Uh, yeah. Because it's it's Micah Spears, right? Yeah, Micah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that and that's how it seems to me as well. But we seem to attract love stories because this isn't the first email that we've gotten from someone where their marriage has been involved in rock and roll in some way, shape, or form, and they've discovered our show. And, you know, it's great. Well, I mean, we love this kind of stuff. Uh, This is what we're here for, to uh, raise the flag for rock and roll and bring people together and get them interested in music again and uh, just continue that whole thing. And so uh, this is the story of how rock music laid the groundwork for Micah's marriage. Back in 1993, my now husband and I were students at Texas A&M University in College Station, Texas. I was lucky enough to meet him at the lacrosse team keg party. Hey, kegger. And we soon found out that we had mutual love for rock music. This really endeared us to one another because, as you know, the early 90s were rife with bad music specifically with Garth Brooks at the helm of the country music scene in our little college town. The agenda for most students was to go country music dancing every Saturday night that there wasn't a home football game. You couldn't get away from the goofy country music of the time as it was fully ingrained in our culture. Yeah, I can believe that. We gloamed onto each other. Is gloamed a word, Sonny? Uh, just as much as some of those other words you're making up, like grungier and some of that other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right. We clombed onto each other for dear life in an ocean of boot-wearing line dancers. That's great. Uh, we started spending more time together, and he said he knew I was the person he was going to marry when he heard me belt out the lyrics to Once Bitten, Twice Shy in the car. Weeks after meeting, we went... Uh, to our first concert together, which was, what do you think? A Van Halen show in Houston. I wonder which Van Halen that would have been. That would have been the Hagar Van Halen or the... Yeah, 93 would have been Hagar still. Yeah, you think? They're imploding at that point. They're they're staying in different cities at that point. Yeah. The whole experience just cemented our uh, commitment to one another. God damn it, Van Halen's good. Although sometimes we clash on styles of rock and opinions on individual bands and artists, we always remain loyal to our rock roots. Our kids were raised on rock, although we lost one to DJ club music. (laughs) That's unfortunate. When she left for college. Oddly enough, also at Texas A&M. Man, they got a whole family Aggies over there. Where we were trying to stay above the country music fray for 20 years prior. Our 20-year-old son has remained a rock enthusiast, although he's more of a 70s-era fan. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, He also is a student at, guess where, Texas A&M, and took History of Rock. They have that as a college elective? What the hell? If they would have had that as a college, I would have took that. If they would have had that as a college, I should be a college professor, goddammit as an elective last year to this day it's still the only eight class he's ever registered for i don't know what eight maybe 8 a.m class or eight 
Oh, 8 a.m. most likely, like an early class. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, just thought I'd drop you uh, guys a note and let you know that we were turned on to you by our friend Curtis Lancos, who we met at 80s in the Sand in 2018 and shares our passion for Iron Maiden and Sonny's favorite band, Rush. <laughs> we have th- I can't get away from those guys. <laughs> well, one out of two is not bad for Sonny. Uh, we have thoroughly enjoyed your podcast and look forward to much, much more. Rock on. That's awesome, man. Micah Spears and her rock star hubby, Dr. Neil Spears. Man, those people sound like they have great taste. Uh, So that's awesome to hear a whole family story about rock and roll and and the family. And they got a whole bunch of Aggies in that household and uh, good for them, SEC. But unfortunately, I am a Florida Gator, so... Uh, I hope you still can forgive me and still remain our friends and listen to the podcast. All right. That's it, man. Ready to get back to this? All right. So you know what time it is. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world. Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So the Kiss Dork moment, we are going to follow the number 12. So Kiss's 12th studio album is Animalize. It was the first album where Bruce Kulick played some lead guitar. Animalize was released in 84, which 8 plus 4 is 12. Drums were played by Eric Carr, whose birthday was on July 12th. But there was some drums overdubs done by Alan Schwartzberg. And his last name is 12 letters long. Get this. In 1984, Paul turned 32 and Eric Carr turned 34, which 3 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 equals 12. Gene turned 35 and Bruce turned 31, which 3 plus 5 plus 3 plus 1 equals 12. Bruce played on a song called Lowly is the Hunter, in which I noticed that if you look at all the studio recordings from 74 to 84, there was exactly 10 instances where song titles had the word is or the in them, which makes Lonely Is The Hunter the exact 12th time it happens. By the way, if you take is and the out, Lonely plus Hunter equals 12. And Bruce's birthday is on 12-12. Good Lord, I am a sick individual. Here is Lonely Is The Hunter.
you got issues, my friend. <laughs> you like that? How old they are? Like it just worked. What am I supposed to do? It was there. Serious issues. I don't even know where you hell you find half of this shit. It's like so. What happened was, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna play Lonely's a Hunter because Bruce played on that. And then I'm like, oh, Bruce's birthday's on twelve twelve. Okay, well, I wonder how many Kiss songs actually had the word is or the. So I go back, and it was exactly 10 times, and Lonely and the Hunter makes it 12. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that is sick. Man, I don't know if you believe in all this shit, but nonetheless, this was a fairly entertaining episode. You did a bunch of research, uh, and apparently you like it. But it's been fun. We played some great music. We've had good time talking about some stuff. Uh, I need to increase my communications with my uh, Russian mail order bride uh, so that I can try and get some of that inheritance money that I'm super excited about. What else you got going on? (laughs) That's it. Just wanted to let everybody know thanks for listening. Thanks for all the feedback. We love it. It really helps us out. Yeah, to play us out here, we're going to shuffle, rattle, and roll for our friend Todd Herrig, who has been awesome and making donations to the website that keeps us rocking, keeps us rolling. This one is for you, Todd. A little Grimstein 911, baby. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.